Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa, and we are the founders of Restful Parenting. Join us to chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. We are sitting here with Heidi. Hello. And Elisa. Hi. And today's a really fun one. We're chatting about some tips to develop healthy eating habits right from the beginning with our little ones. And even if you've already started, um, you know, eating solids, uh, maybe your child is two, three, four, five, six, you can you can make new habits. You can take this information and start implementing them. It's not too late. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the very easiest things that we can start with is where they're sitting. We want to make sure that they are sitting in a seat that is comfortable for mm-hmm. them, um, that has proper fastening if our little ones are busy and climbers and up and atom type little ones we want to be make sure that they're properly strapped in we want to make sure that their feet are very supported so a child who has their feet supported so whether they're in a high chair if they're in a little booster seat um, at the table you can get like a little step stool for them to have their feet on so a child whose feet are supported are going to have better balance they're going to be able to focus more on their food it's kind of thinking of like you know when you're at the bar pre-children um when you're up on kind of that or maybe not (laughs) pre-children when you're up on that bar stool and then you're trying to eat and then somebody who comes in the door and you wave to them and you're like oh hey and you know you kind of get all uh, off balance it's kind of that same idea we want to make sure that their feet are nice and planted um and that's an easy fix that we can do we also want to make sure that it is age appropriate so if we have little tables and chairs that our children are sitting at that they are able to stay sitting at those chairs and that may mean having to sit with them if that's yeah that might take a little bit of work and reinforcing that they are to sit down and eat their meals and this feet being supported may sound like a really silly thing, but it's actually one of the quality checklists that people who go in and inspect child cares, it's one of the things on the checklist. Are the children sitting in chairs during mealtimes where their feet are supported? So it's a big one. It is. It really is. The next thing would be to make sure that you're offering meals at somewhat scheduled times throughout the day so that your child isn't eating lunch at, at 10 o'clock one day, 12 o'clock the other day, 1 o'clock the next day. This allows their body to become hungry at those times, and then they can take in as much food as they need for their meals. And then you can do snacks in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scheduled snacks, right? Like yeah. Kind of breakfast, morning snack, yeah. lunch, afternoon snack, dinner. Honestly, right? my children would eat all, all day long, day long <laughs> if I didn't have scheduled times for them to eat. And I mean, it's not super strict. Sometimes they'll have their snack at 9.30. Sometimes it'll be 10. But it's always around those times because if not, they will be asking me for food at 7.30, at 8 o'clock, at 8.30, at 8.45, at 9. Yeah, they'll be just (laughs) grazing all day long. And then, you know, I won't really know how much they're having. And then they won't be hungry for their meals. Sometimes we feel like the grazing is better because, oh, at least they're like taking food in. But they actually take in less food when they're grazing than they do by sitting down and having a meal. Yeah. Um, 
pro tip, if you have older children, set an alarm if they can't tell time yet, because otherwise they're going to be asking for food constantly. This way here, we do not have another snack now until three o'clock. Yeah, a visual mm -hmm. timer of some sort so that they can see when they're going to be able to have their snack and then they can go and just do things in between, check the timer, and then it gives them a better idea of when they're going to be able to eat. And then we really want to limit the distractions. So no TV, no toys. The TV one, I find parents are usually like, well, what? it's not that big of a deal. Like, like I'm sitting here with them. It's a big deal that we have the TV on. It is another distraction. And um, reducing as many distractions as you can helps you be a little bit more mindful about when you're eating. So we're really trying to increase, you know, those really healthy eating habits right from the beginning so that they can be great adults when they grow up. Mm-hmm. Can, yeah. it make, can it make a difference with how much they're eating if they're watching TV and... Absolutely. Yeah, those das- distracted um, eaters, they're or not the going to... Or the meal, right? It's like you're or maybe they'll eat too minutes. much because they're well, watching TV and they're, TV they're not and listening. <laughs> they're not in tune with their own bodies, yeah, right? Yeah, their fullness I can level. imagine. Mm-hmm. And the other challenge, too, is if we're starting our little guys off with TV and toys and all of this stuff to eat, it is now going to be set as an expectation as they get older, right? And as they get older, yes, family meals are really, really important, but when they're toddlers and preschoolers, sometimes those family meals are quick, right? It's like, it's almost bedtime, so we're just going to kind of sit down. But as they get older... Then we're having conversations, and then we're really getting into family meals. And if we are reliant on toys and TV to be able to get through a meal, it's Mm -hmm. going to be very tough as they get older, for sure. And I know what I used to do when my children were younger, and I didn't necessarily have my meal ready to eat when it was time for them to eat because they needed Mm -hmm. to go to bed. I would make sure that I took a couple of things that they were eating and put it aside for myself just so that I could sit down and show them and model that I was eating green beans too. Exactly. Or was, That's a I great was, way to You learn. know, even though I wasn't having a full meal with them, I was still just kind of having a few of the items yeah. that they were having. Yeah. Now, real life, we know, like, <laughs> there are days where my kids, I'm like, oh, you can definitely watch a show while I make oh, yeah. while I finish, it's right? It's a treat. So it's a, yes, it is used as a treat, as a special occasion. It's kind of that 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. 80% of the time. We are on par. We've got it. But 20% of the time, mom needs to shut eyes for a few minutes or mom has to do this. So <laughs> yeah. you get to watch TV. Or you but know it's what? a it's... treat versus a bribe to get them to eat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My children love it when it's, can we eat in the playroom today? Yes. Only today <laughs> as a treat. You can eat in there. Yes. It also helps... Um, on movie nights, so Friday night yes. we have movie night, yep. but we start our movie at like, because my guys go to bed <laughs> early, so we'll start our movie at like dinner time. 5.15, <laughs> they're already in their pajamas, we'll do like an earlier dinner, but sometimes we're starting the movie as we're kind of in the middle yeah. of dinner, yep. we're eating, we finish that, and then we go off to the couches and, and, s- and snuggle in for our movie. Nice. Yes. Um, one of the big challenges that we see often is not sitting in their seat. Yes. This is going to be an ongoing, like, I'm still Oscar 6, and we're still reminding him, Absolutely. have a seat, buddy. Come back and sit down. He just, like, as he talks, he likes to stand up and, la, 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 yep. and oh, let me show you what I did over here. And we're like, oh, come back to the table. You can show us after. He uses his whole body to yes, communicate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely, and we've been working on proper seating or table habits um, from the very beginning, but it's it's still in it's them that ongoing. they need those reminders, right? So don't feel... Don't feel like this is just going to be 
you know, oh, it's worth nothing. Because it is. You are going to have children that are going to sit at the table and be able to sit at the table. But and the for more... the most part now, he probably sits down oh, yeah, like the majority yeah. of the time. Yeah. It's just... He needs those reminders every once in a while. Yeah. But that's something that we want to start from the beginning so that we're not... The challenge is is when we let things go for three, four, five years, and then we try and enforce rules, they're like, nope, I've been doing this. I've been enjoying running around. There's a little more resistance. Yeah. Mm. So from the start, right? So the getting up, getting, leaving the table, and then coming back for another bite, and then leaving the table and coming back for another bite. It's kind of like we leave the table. This is our dinner. This is our lunch. You leave the table. That's telling me that you're done. So I'm going to put this over here in the fridge. Yeah. And if you're hungry later, yeah, this is you what can you come can back eat. and you can sit down and you can yeah. eat. Yeah. And they're gonna have a bit of a tantrum. Yep. Yep. They might have some yeah some big feelings towards that because you're making a change. And if you're doing it at three, four, five, and you've just noticed that this is something that your child is doing is leaving the room, coming back, having another bite, leaving the room. It doesn't mean that because they're older, you can't work on it. You absolutely can. There's just a little more resistance as they mm-hmm. get older. Yeah. Put those. Put a timer on. We're going to start with five minutes of sitting, and then we're going to move up to ten minutes, and then we're going to make sure that we have our dinner first. And, and, and then if them... you keep getting up, we're moving your, your plate away, right? Yeah. Like it's... And talk to them about the changes that are going to happen before you make those changes if your child is older. So we're going to start sitting down for our meals now and make sure that you're modeling that as well by sitting down with them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes with that getting up and getting down, we also kind of get into this habit as a parent that we start kind of chasing them. Here, just take one more bite. Here, just have one more bite. And we're kind of running around the living room with food at the end of the fork just saying, here, just have another bite. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that we want to really try and avoid, right? Mm-hmm. We want to have those meals at the table. We're not chasing them for food, even if they haven't had anything to eat. We're not chasing them with food. We want to set those guidelines that the table is for eating. Um, otherwise, they're just going to know I don't need to sit at the table because she'll just feed me as I play. This is wonderful. And although they might be taking bites now every once in a while, we're thinking longer term here with... Yeah. So that is not okay at school. Yeah. Kindergarten. They need to sit. They cannot be walking around playing and nobody is going to be offering them. And they don't get very long to eat, right? So if they're used to mm -hmm, if they're used to these super long times of of having their meal, an hour where you're chasing them and offering them more more food. Yeah. The other thing too is it increases the risk of choking, right? Because they're not sitting and they're not being uh, present or they're, you know, playing and putting the soother back in their mouth or exploring toys. It's it's not safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really messy. Like oh, very you turn messy. your back you turn your back for a second. <laughs> if they don't like it, they're spitting that into the toy box. They're spitting that into the toys. Yeah. They're like they're like, ha ha, I fooled her. I took that bite and she looks bleh. Yeah. <laughs> into the Legos. <laughs> oh, that would be awful in the she Legos. She thinks I'm eating this. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, thanks, mommy. Nice. Yeah, mm, yeah yummy. <laughs> um and then from there we kind of as we get into more of our these are just kind of some of our basic um, starting off with our kind of healthy eating habits. We do offer um, an in-person in North Bay, a picky eating class and food before 12 months and then food for after 12 months. So there are those options there. Um, so yeah, the food the food before one is for parents who have children under one year of age. So even if you've started solids or thinking about starting solids, so if your baby's 
really anywhere from probably three months to 10 months. You, there's a lot of value in that workshop. We've had people ask if they could take it a second time. So wow. we might be doing like a refresher course for them because they've liked it so much. Well, but- once you've introduced food, it's like, okay, that's our focus now. I need to like, what am I learning about introducing food? And then once they've done that, they're like at that 10, 11, 12 months, they're like, okay, I need to come back for like a little bit of a refresher. Right. What kinds of things do you offer in that workshop? Yeah, so it's not just about nutrition. It's these other things we're talking about, you know, being mindful, being present. Um, It also affects some development, so some social, fine motor, speech. And we talk about what you need to be thinking about when you're offering foods so that you are hitting those milestones through eating. It's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other class we were talking about is the picky eater. So that is for children a little bit older, um, three to eight, I think, is the age group we have for that. And this is if you're really struggling with getting them to eat things or they're really avoiding some certain things. Um, We have lots of tips and tricks and strategies that aren't, like, super hard to implement. You don't need any special equipment or specialized knowledge and training, but just knowing the, the ins and outs of it being able to better understand it as a parent so you can look at it from a different angle. We had a couple parents take it last winter, and within two days, they're like, we don't even have a picky eater anymore. Like, they were just so amazed. Yes. Yeah, and those classes that we offer in North Bay are going to be online and available shortly. Um, But in those classes, one of the topics that we talk about is that division of responsibility. This is where sometimes those waters get a little bit murky. So that division of responsibility is, as a parent, I decide when we're eating and what we're eating. The child's role in that division of responsibility, the child decides what they eat or how much they eat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in that role, I'm going to repeat that one. So in that, in the child's role is they decide how much they eat. So we are in control of when and what they are in control of how much. And that's a really big one when we think of it like that because I don't know how hungry they are and I have lots of people in our life and we see this very often um who overload child's plate full of food and then yes. says okay you have to eat this and Oscar for the for a good quite a long time, was like a couple of bites for dinner and that's all he ate. So if if I gave him a heaping plate of food... It's so overwhelming. He was not eating anything. Yep. Because I'm so overwhelmed with what's being put in front of me, I am not... I I shut down. I'm not going to be able to eat anything. Mm -hmm. So if you can take that stress off of, you only had four blueberries yesterday, you had seven. Oh my goodness, we need to make sure that you have an extra bite of this. You need to do that. And that's where I find a lot of the chasing them around the room comes into because we get so worried about how much they're taking in, how much they're eating. Um, And that's where that division of responsibility kind of starts to get a little bit murky, right? They are in charge of how much they take in. We are in charge of when they eat and what they eat. And you're looking at what they've consumed in how long of a period versus just yes. the one day, right? We're looking, We're looking at, at a, week, a week, week. Yeah. right? I, there are days where I like to eat a lot more food. There are days when I'm not as hungry. Um, 
I made a funny face there. (laughs) There are days when I'm not as hungry. um, And that's okay, right? Our children go through the same thing. There's going to be days where you're like, uh, are you sure you're going to have another breakfast? Because you just had three. They're like, give me more. And then there's going to be days where they're like, yeah, I'm not really hungry. I'm going to have a couple bites of dinner and that's it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so under that division of responsibility, we're not encouraging them to finish their plate or finish that last two bites of baby food in the baby jar. Oh, there's just two more bites left. Let's finish it. Let's squish it in. No, we want to really start building the habit of learning those cues, those feelings of fullness so that we don't turn into adults who overeat. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a hard one for a lot of parents especially it's hard for a lot of grandparents I find because you don't waste anything yeah so it's there's two more bites left of that of that really big steak that I just paid for there's only two more bites why don't you finish it and I'm like so full but there's only two bites left I'll eat it it's so ingrained like I don't know about you guys but if I have a plate of food and I'm eating and then I I know I'm full especially at a restaurant the Portions are huge. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm really full, but it's so good. I will finish it because it's on my plate. Yep. And I, pay, three, and I paid three for it. Left. Right? I'm going to eat it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and I know, and I teach families not to do that. And yeah. I do it myself, <laughs> to myself. Surprisingly, <laughs> I'm actually pretty good with not finishing it if I'm super full, even though I came from a family a family who encouraged me to eat or like would get angry if I didn't eat or or would guilt if yes, I didn't eat, right? Yes. So yeah. Oh meat's but, expensive. Yeah. You better eat your meat first. Or you don't you know like my food. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Another big What's the matter? You know like my food? <laughs> no, 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 no. So yes, no, I no, like, no, I like it. I'm just so full. <laughs> I'm only eight and you gave me a plate the size of my dad's. Yeah, exactly. So there is a lot when it comes to teaching our little ones those healthy eating habits and, and creating healthy eating habits just in our family alone. There's a lot of little things that we need to think about. But the proper seating and the scheduled meals and having those feet plants and avoiding those distractions with the TV and toys, sitting with them, you know, putting into place that we're not chasing after them for those meals. We're not allowing that kind of up, down, up, down, up, down. A great little trick for helping them sit, depending on the age of your child, but, you know, two plus, you could probably do this, is you play I Spy. Mm -hmm. You teach them how to play I Spy. I Spy something red. I Spy something blue. And so you are playing a game. Uh, but you're getting them to stay there and eat their dinner or lunch or whatever it is. Well, and then having some conversation, too. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to get, because sometimes you can't really have a conversation with a two-and-a-half-year-old. Yes. <laughs> so it's not necessarily that you're distracting them and bringing other, but you're having that you're conversation building those language with them. skills. Yeah. And there's yeah. quite a few uh, research studies out there that say families who sit together, those children have higher literacy scores when they enter kindergarten. Again, so huge. 80-20. Like let's not oh, make, absolutely. let's not make the 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 focus be that they ha- you have to be sitting down for every meal because yeah. that's going to stress you out. And those <laughs> studies are five five family dinners a week. Okay, so five suppers. That's it. Not five or breakfasts. five breakfasts. Or, yeah, right. Yeah, but it like wasn't like five every days meal. Yeah, yeah of every dinner. day. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was five family meals a week. Yeah, increased literacy. There. Aim for that. Five meals a week. Yeah. Um, because that does make a difference. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully that helps. Uh, If you liked what you heard and if you have family or friends that are struggling with the same challenges, because we all are, be sure to share this episode with them. 
Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.